welcome, welcome to the Cult of the Collective Commentary. Featuring Dave Basie, the Sick Doctor, Randall Thor. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Cultum Collective Commentaries. Um, Dave? Yeah? Where have you been? Oh, well, I had to nip away. I don't know whether you introduced anything, but um, I, no, I, had to, I had to go and get me equipment. What equipment? I mean, you got these two boxes. Yeah. What, equi- what equipment? We've we've got headsets and microphones. Oh yeah, yeah, and... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a modern one. It's got a headset fitted. Yeah, yeah. Got the best. Yeah. It's a bit long for a microphone stand, though. Well, eh? No, 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 no. For your for your stage play, the one you know, with the one we're doing the the two under with. You know, we needed the equipment. That's why two boxes got one each. We're all set. We're ready. It'll look great on stage. What are we doing again? You're play version, you know, the one what you wrote. Uh, the Detectorist. The Detectorist? Yeah. Which one am I playing? <laughs> well, there's only one you can play today. It's, it's that Toby Jones, isn't it? The little, little short, sorry, uh, the, 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 uh, the uh, you know, the, the, the compact one. The bloody cheek is what you're trying to say, the bloody cheek. Well, I don't know. The, I mean, the... that means I'm playing that Mackenzie Croup actor you know the the tall one with the wobbly eye so okay i'll take toby jones i'll take toby jones he was dobby he was dobby you know oh dobby right Uh, uh, i do a good a good i do a good dobby harry potter must not come to hogwarts (laughs) i found that out completely by mistake the other day i was like i do a an all right dobby anyway um, but yeah actually you know what what it's 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 uncanny that you should do this because right. just by chance, yeah. the beginning of Doctor Who, they're metal detecting. So two birds, one stone. We get out the metal detecting stuff and we do a commentary with the headsets. Oh, oh, I'm up for that. Certainly, yeah, 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 yeah. And I didn't fancy playing that. Uh, I mean, um, that was Andy Stone, my character, and you were going to be uh, Lance Starter, is it Stater or something? Yeah, I know you're a big fan of that show, but yeah, yeah we're, good show. we're both fans of Doctor Who, so yeah, I can go with that. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, there we go. So the detectorists meet Doctor Who. How's that? Yep, a classic. A classic. All right, um, and since you only got two. Um, We'll just send Mike out for the tea, shall we? Right. It's probably we'll safer, see. actually. He might step on something otherwise. Yeah. We'll see if he comes back in time for the uh, for the wrap-up at the end. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep his seat warm just in case he, he wants to say something about the episode. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I, I told him uh, two sugars for you. Oh, yes, please. Um, but uh, I've got wine anyway, just in case. Oh, oh and I've got... Uh, well, we normally do this during the uh, detecting, I mean, uh, yeah. commentary. But I've got a um, tum water brewing hard cider, and it's pumpkin pie cider. So, pie. I'll have to do that for Mike. Yeah. Pie. Pie. Yep. And uh, if, if that gets polished off rather quickly, I've got a beer in reserve. 
Ah, well done. The, sh- the champagne. The champagne appears. All right. So yes, um, we'll get down to business. Uh, we'll get down to detecting uh, the latest episode of Doctor Who, series eleven, episode five, the Saranga, Saranga, Saranga conundrum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was difficult. Yeah. I was going to wait for the episode so I could hear them say it. <laughs> but yes. Uh, what, 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 what? I, I didn't know that it was a silent T at the beginning. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, Mike's gone for the T. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. See, that's what it is. It all ties in. Metal detecting. Mike's gone for the T. It's a silent T. It's, <laughs> it's a conundrum. Yes, it is. It is a conundrum how we are still podcasting. <clears throat> All right, so if everybody at home is just as confused as we are and has their official BBC copy of the Saranga Conundrum at the ready, I think we can begin. Gentleman, are you ready? Uh, oh, oh, yes, that's me. Uh, yeah, I'm ready. All right, I'm ready over here. So if everybody at home is ready, I'll count everybody in and we will begin in five, four, three, two, one, play. I like the way it comes from a, a sort of dot. It's like an expanding universe, isn't it? Right. This is build, and it, um, actually, I'll repeat something that uh, Dave's already heard. But uh, but that last week I uh, acquired the Tom Baker years uh, Blu-ray, and so I've been working my way through, you know, his first season series of Doctor Who, and I, it's given me more of an appreciation for this uh, the new theme tune. It's it's very much classic Doctor Who. Do like this. This is a nice little opening kind of setup. I think they've doubled a bit with the uh, the CGI from last week's episode. Don't you? <laughs> We're still under the hotel. Yeah. Oh, oh, that. Oh, he's got he's got the new um, Harry Potter two thousand model. Uh, my uh, yeah. one yeah. there. Did I miss it? I've got no idea what they're looking for. She found seven of them last time, but I don't know what. I mean, they should have had a Star Trek reference then, you know, those cell cell packs or something like that they were looking for. Yeah. Power packs. Oh. They're better than us. We usually have to go through nine-tenths of a field to find anything. It's a spoon. Yeah, I, all I found was a fork. <laughs> if we keep this up, we'll have a full set of catalogue before you know it. Now the um, do we think it's going to overwork this sonic screwdriver or what? No, not really. It just seems to be more used for analysis. Right. I mean, she was just using it to to, to see whether she could analyze it and stuff like that, and. Ah, oh, I feel all funny. You look all funny and all. He's he's a little easy on the eyes. Now, this would never happen in Star Trek because Captain Kirk would always have to be the first one that came around. You know, if they're hit by stuns, his his physical shape and the the you know, the alpha male. He would have to be the one that recovered first. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're looking. We got to you. Now, there sounds as though there was some threat on that on that planet they were on. Look, we got to you in time. No, oh, no, before because they got blasted and oh, lucky right. got to them before they actually died. Right. So that effect was not the sonic blast. It was the um, them being lifted off the planet. Yeah, I don't know. Or if it was just them. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, whether they they were sort of in light. Oh, not a good look, Doctor. Mm. She's looking like the twelfth Doctor because he used to walk with his bum sticking out. <laughs> what, like a penguin on his arse on fire? <laughs> exactly. I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually good to see the Doctor actually is the one that's you know, because normally the companions are the ones that are physically ailing for a while or whatever. You know. Yeah. You see how long this corridor is. It's about the longest corridor that you've ever had. Yeah. Uh, that's a good screen. Must yeah. be a rear projection or something. You'll want one for, the, for your house, won't you? Yeah. All those decals I, I, at the top look as though they run out of money, though, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that that line is a fantastic kind of knock on Doctor Who using corridors. Right. It's like they're used to, something's going to be done. They're useless at signage in this place. Okay. So they, it doesn't matter what part of the corridor they use. They don't need signs on it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was quite surprised that, the, that she used the term, he's my consort. I'm thinking, hello, is this uh, uh, Gigolo Joe from uh, that movie? But, you know the one I mean, don't you? With uh, Jude Law. No. AI, AI, was it? Where's oh, the, yeah. Where's the robots, uh, gentleman that yeah. services, uh, yes. causes? Yes, let's stop your embarrassment right now. Oh, oh so, a ginger. Huh? They have gingers in the future in space. I thought she was going to say it's regrowing, but she didn't. Uh, that was what I was expecting. And then I had asked um, um, Perry to join us. Uh, one of the things he was uh, a little confused about was, uh, you know, how is he supposed to feed the baby? And it's just like, well, it's a, it's alien physiognomy. It's like, you know, who knows? That was your question. My no, that question, was Perry's question. I, I was saying my question was how is it going to come out? <laughs> but there you go. And here in Ponte. And uh, he's playing Astos, who is uh, hot, hot, hot stuff. Uh, <clears throat> hot stuff. Uh, yeah. Yes, hot stuff. Uh, <laughs> Brett Goldstein. Um, yum. Uh, sorry, he's very, very good looking. Um, but he's also been in uh, a lot of shows I'm going to have to go watch now. Uh, nice. Uh, drift- um, yeah, 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 ship. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Drunk, His- Drunk History UK. Uh, uh, Uncle Drifters. Undercover, Derek. 
the bill and um he's he's, he's currently he's just computed completed work on a on a short um which i can't say the name of uh, but it starts with f and ends with uh ck and he plays adam oh. Uh, what I was going to say before was that another Star Trek reference is, you know, that um, the captain in Star Trek would always say, oh, well, he's Scotty the engineer. He can tell how the ship's going by the purr of the, and the vibrations. And mm. she didn't notice that. But they, they are long corridors. These look, it's, it's pretty good. But it does look a little bit um, blue petrish on the decorations. There. The, uh, somebody's not filled in the colours. Oh, I kind of like it because, I mean, it, it just kind of, in a way, it's just, you know, like he says, it's automated. And so right. they don't really need controls of any sort in there. It's just, you know, status screens. Yeah. What I do like about them is his suit, suits. Uh, and I like those little gloves they've got on. They're very much, um, you know, like, um, um, you know, we use for screen data. Uh, what's the one that... The Tom Cruise film where he's moving all the yeah, things with his um, hands on the Minority Report. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very Minority Report in that sense. Mm. Did we establish the colour of I, I, uh, a T-shirt? It, by the way, we it's in... red. Right. Okay. I do love this scene though. It's because the Doctor doing what the Doctor normally does and takes command and it's like I'm going to do this. And he's like, you can't. There are other people on this ship who are trying to get you know to medical attention. Right. So it's it, you know. He kind of slaps her around a bit and says, no, you can't do that. Right. I thought he said Rutens. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're nearly Routing. in... Are they nearly in Cardassian territory? Are they nearly in... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Klingon territory. That's quite good. A bit Blake Seven-ish, but I like it. Yeah. Not four times. Uh. <laughs> now, I do like that because one of the, the things that the classic Doctor, our listeners will probably know, and you do, Ian, that he's always bringing something out of his pockets when his baggage yeah. away was, uh, I mean, I watched- once he emptied his pockets, wasn't he? Uh, it was, uh, I was just watching uh, Genesis, actually, this evening before I came on here. Right. And, uh, yeah, he says it might take a while, and he's pulling all sorts of stuff, <laughs> including Sonic, a yo-yo, which were all used in that season, plus all sorts of other bits and pieces. A, a ball of string. He always has to have a ball of string. Yeah. Yeah. Jelly babies. <laughs> A little bit. Did you think it was a little bit TARDIS console like that centre part? By the way, did you ever for one minute think it was some sort of time TARDIS no. or not? No, I can't remember. Can't see whether there's six or eight parts in it, but um, difficult to tell at that quick look. I think yeah. I think there's eight on it, which is funny because we established in Doctor Who the console has six panels because it really needed six people to fly it right and that was journey's end wasn't it i think so yeah yeah i like those gloves they're wearing 
Yeah. Are they trying to each chalk the other one into taking the less dangerous one? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I thought he said that. I'm sorry. They take a condom. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you were there with me because that's what I yeah. thought he said. Because uh, it would have been great she, if she misheard him. She could have said, I'm going to try and find it and I'll have sex with it. <laughs> yeah. oh. Have you noticed, by the way, we've had communication devices in nearly every one of these episodes? Right. He's rather good. I can't remember, work out whether they pick somebody who has a androidy face or right. he's got some makeup on him to make him... Right, and playing uh, Ronin mm-hmm. is uh, David Shields, um, who has uh, oh uh, just finished in post production right now is Judy, in which he plays Bailey. Uh, he's been in the The Crown, which right. he played uh, Colin Tennant. Uh, he's also been in uh, the Bad Education movie, Una, and. Uh, Sunday morning coming down. Bad education. A, that was um, bad education. That was uh, Sally yeah, Jack Whitehall. Oh, the, the Sally Sparrow one. No, the uh, the actress. No, bad education. Hmm. Bad education had uh, yeah, Jack Whitehall. Um, yeah, um, I don't recognize really any other people in it. I'm trying to remember Sally Sparrow actress's name, but I thought she was in Bad Education. Mm. Well, there's two of us here. We have to have to do some more work. I have to do some looking up. Uh. <laughs> and if people are thinking, why does Dave never give um, give the information about uh, stats and that? Because of course we're doing these so shortly after they've aired, the stats right. are not out. Yeah, normally we have uh, a whole, you know, 24 hours before we, you know, comment on these, but, you know, we're doing these day of, so. Oh, I know. What you could be doing is you could actually give the stats from last week. Oh, I'm not that clever, but I think the film was called Uneducation. That was the uh, (laughs) the film that uh, she was in. What do you mean you're not that clever? Well, I'm I'm, not that clever. You can tell us what the ratings were from last week's episode while we're watching this week's episode. Oof, all right, I will do. It was, <laughs> it was, it was approval rated at 91% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a, an appreciation index of 83, or as uh, Lewis would say, appreciation index. 90, appreciate, appreciate. Uh, 6.43 million viewers overnight but i think uh, it crept up to well over eight million after that now mm. hang on hang on wait for the other poise to arrive oh. the pacing on this is really good i mean from the time they wake up it doesn't really slow down much there's some nice character moments here and there when it you get these quiet moments but and it was Carrie Mulligan I was trying to remember the name. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and also we had the reference, you know, the bit when we were concentrating on the uh, the metal detectors, 
that mm. they'd been on other intermediate adventures. They'd taken them to a, a planet where they'd swum in the rain or something. Yeah. Uh, Bye-bye, Dr. Hardy. Looking at her communication device, but one thing I saw online somewhere is that the actual doctor who who has a lot of uh, ear, ear jewellery, you can actually mm. buy somebody's already selling Yeah, it. somebody's making it, but, but they're very, very expensive, the official one. Right. Uh, so I'm, wait, I'm waiting for the cheaper knockoff, to be honest. <laughs> Now, I know some people don't like it, but I'm like, well, I think it's a bold choice. Again, I think I've mentioned to you before we recorded it, um, made me think of um, the Twilight Zone episode with William Shatner mm. in uh, Terror at 20,000 Feet or whatever it's called, where he's on the aeroplane right. with the gremlin on the as 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 for uh, Perry and I, it makes us think of uh, um, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. Ah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> Sorry, had to. Ah, I'll tell you what else it just made when it swallowed that. The Tasmanian mm. Devil from the cartoons. Yeah. Uh, Taz. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is strange because it's slightly offline from what Chief. Uh, hello, hello. Mm. She's stolen his lollipop. I mean, oh, spit it out. That's good. Mine still works. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've we've had a few. I mean, we had that um, uh, Doctor Who episode where they were in the um, in the space shoots, didn't we? Where they turned into zombies. Uh, mm. which again, I'm trying to remember what series that from about series nine or something. Right, I think it was ten actually. Ten was it? All oh, right. Yeah, and that was was it oxygen? Oxygen. It, well, oh, gold starry. Well done. Woohoo. No. No. Yes. No. No, I think you're right. Um, uh, I, I need a full list up, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did find I had to turn the subtitles on again, Ian, with this. Uh, don't know if it was the echoey set or whatever, but I didn't catch all the dialogue first time. Right. Uh, the doctor speaks kind of kind of fast in this one too. So, especially the opening was very very fast paced. Yeah, and I was also trying to work out what they were looking for, uh, and, and it just never came up. Yeah, it was uh, series ten uh, oxygen. Not from Beirut. From two, uh, May 2017. Mm-hmm. And of course we had the uh, episode 42 
on on a ship where uh, the ship was under threat. Mm. Uh, and that was from uh, series three, would you believe? Um, wow, that was uh, May two thousand seven. Oh. there's a definite feeling with this series of Doctor Who they try to tell you what's going on you know if if you sort of just begin to get lost uh, I mean we get a recap in a minute Um, I think I don't think we've passed that point but we definitely get a recap at some point right Um, and it seems to be the Bradley Walsh character Graham who does that and just coming to the room now is, um, well, he's credited as a different, couple of different things. Uh, one is Doc Brown, oh, yeah. um, but he's also uh, uh, Ben Bailey Smith, uh, the younger brother of novelist uh, Zadie Smith. Um, but he's also been in Bounty Hunters, uh, Brief Encounters. He's also been in Drunk History UK. Uh, Strange Hill High, Law and Order UK. He gets around, I tell you. Well, he's 41, uh, Ian. It doesn't look it. Yeah. Well, he's also in an episode of The Inbetweeners. That I've seen. Wow. Yeah, that works rather well, that wall. Yeah. <laughs> he just do confuse rather well. <laughs> mm. And this is uh, Jack Schlu, uh playing Yoss, who's been in uh, Dickensian, Curveball, Holby City. Maybe the maybe the closest we get to uh, to our uh, no 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 our, our regular goal. But, no, there's but. definitely one here that does that. Oh, he was in Humans. Oh, he was the estate agent in Humans. Oh, I remember that now. He was yeah. quite a nasty. Pa- he, he seemed innocent, then he turned a bit nasty. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> He's very good in this. Actually, he plays it very well. Yeah. Now we've got a definite star uh, of uh, that particular program you're thinking of in this. Oh, okay. One of the cast members. I'll start getting worried, you know. Ah. Somebody who was on it for 12, 12 years. Hmm. Anyway, meanwhile... This is this interesting little bit of character information here. Yeah. You know, when I was watching this, I'd forgotten. I was thinking, that. hang on a minute, his mum died in the first episode because it was his nan that died in this right. first episode. And presumably his mother's mother. Not his, mm-hmm. you know, not his father's mother. No, it's his mother. dad's mum. Was it his dad's mum? His, his dad's mum died, yeah. Ah. Uh, 
because he complains because his dad didn't come to the funeral. Right. He's like, it was his mom, you know. Uh, right. It's funny, these two are actually getting more simpatico. Right. Where poor Graham's trying to make friends with him <laughs> and right. he keeps pushing him off. I thought tonight we might get the the uh, granddad moment, but we didn't. The fist pump or something, yeah. But Yeah, but, but I'm still waiting for him to call him granddad by mistake at one point and just for Bradley Walsh to get all giggly. He'll probably do that in an episode where he thinks he's going to die. Yeah. And and this is interesting because it's like he's you know estranged from his father, and now we get and we we think his dad's a bit of a a a bit of a dick, but now we're like maybe there's a reason you know he can't face his son because he misses his wife so much and you know so it's a way of kind of softening out his dad a little bit you know and. I don't know. It's just one thing where you you're made to feel one thing in an episode, and then in the next episode you end up questioning the what you're thinking. You know. Yeah, I, I sometimes think uh, this uh, Taz and Cole Ryan. I'm sometimes mm. sometimes think he's not that good an actor, but then I realise that he's he's only playing a 19 year old, and I, I see his face, and I see somebody who who looks in his mid twenties to me. And he seems mm. to be immature in the things he's saying. But, of course, he is immature. We know he's got a, a, a slight con, uh, syndrome or whatever you call it. Um, right. And so he's playing to that. But sometimes it it, it, it comes off a little bit odd. Oh, what's right. a tattoo? Not, I wonder if that's a tattoo of the actress out of the part. Yeah. But uh, yeah, on on screen right now with uh, the Doctor is uh, Lois Chimimba, who uh, has uh, been in uh, There She Goes, uh, BBC Comedy Feeds, Holby City, and interestingly enough, in the TV miniseries Trust Me, which also included Jodie Whittaker playing playing a doctor <clears throat> typecasting yep I must admit in space it's nice I, I, I both like seeing pristine spaceships all in white right uh, and, and I like gr- ones. grungy ones yeah there doesn't seem to be anything in between yeah huh now they established quite nicely at the beginning that this woman it seems insecure, which is understandable right. that she's panicking now. There we are. Yeah. Well it's 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 her first tour of duty on the uh, ship. Yeah. Whereas um Dr. Hardy, I mean Astos, had uh you know done like twelve or thirteen tours. Yeah. And so, you know so you take out the the you know, the cool calm collected one and, and leave, you know, her in a bit of shambles. Yeah. Makes for more interesting TV. Uh, it's pretty well realized in CG. I mean, there, the see, textures on it and everything are actually pretty damn good. The the scene there where it sort of shows his ass as he's going down there yeah. made me think, you know, are they playing it for laughs? Are they trying to make it frightening? And, uh, right. I, I think you appreciated the balance, but I, it confused me. All right. Well, it's just like one of those things where, you know, 
the the monsters that cause the most damage and whatever are always big and mean or ugly or you know but they're always huge but the thing that's actually causing the most damage and everything is this tiny little creature that when it's not showing its teeth looks quite cute and i think that's always a kind of a neat thing to do if you pull it off you know yeah i think they did that on uh was it merlin when we because we we're both keen watchers of merlin they mm. have like a little rumple skinny type uh irish yeah. uh thing that um and that was a bit like that and i think they did it on um they did it on the flash or arrow where they had uh might even mean Supergirl, where they had um, a little mischievous um, leprechaun type thing. Yeah. Mixed or split. I can't even ever say his Mer- name. Mer- You're going to say it backwards. Yeah. Mixed or split. Or, yeah. yeah. But yes, uh, on the screen right now. Here she comes. I'm ready. Playing Eve Cicero uh, is Suzanne Packer. Who uh, has just been a, just gone to post production right now is involuntary activist. She plays Fiona, the ABC Murders, playing uh, Castig. She's also been in uh, Death and Paradise, Keeping Faith, mm-hmm. Stella, Keep Going, uh, Brookside, The Bell, uh, Dirty going. Work, Tiger Bay, uh, Grange Hill. I haven't seen that in a long time. Holby and City. of course. Holby City, Holby City, and another show, and uh, no casualty at Holby City, and four hundred and eighty-seven episodes, making her like I don't know, top of the the, oh, the charts for us. Casualty, casualty, casualty. We did it, <laughs> and I'm done. I'm done. I'm spent. I'm, out. I'm done. <laughs> well, yeah, I did on a high note there. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she did. She's been in lots of other stuff, but that is uh, unbelievable, really. Yeah. That must be... I don't think we'll get anybody who's been on Casualty more than that. Casualty that many times, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I haven't given a time check, Ian. Oh, no, you time. have not. We're at 29 you. minutes. Wow. Yep. I've been trying this more than... I, when I first watched it, it was... I thought this is a so-so uh, workman-like episode, hmm. but I suppose because it was in the future in space, I expected a lot. But I was very taken with the set, and hmm. uh, again, I think this works. Um, again, this is where we're lacking Perry's expertise, uh, yes, because it's the antimatter drive. Yes. Hmm. Uh, let me let me let me quote yeah. Perry here. Um, ooh, ooh. I'll, I'll pull up my message with 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 Perry because, as I said, we did invite him, but um, he is currently occupied. Um, says uh, the antimatter engine thing doesn't make much sense the way the doctor explained it, and I said that's why we invited you. And he goes, "Oh, I thought it was just for he works at NASA, but he can't figure out the outro jokes." <laughs> I said that's just a bonus. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty like it. I was like, I was thinking, I was like, I'd like to have that in the corner of my office. You're just in one corner, down, you know, central column, down the down the down the side there, you know. 
Yeah, and he also they also very nicely reference Lewis, who may have joined us but hadn't had a chance to catch the episode yet, because um, mm. she ex- describes it as the uh, the iPhone of uh, of uh, CERN. CERN, that's it. Yeah, yeah, the Hadron Collider. The Hadron. Yeah, watch when you're saying Hadron Collider yeah. or spelling it at least. A large hadron I mean, hadron collider. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's quite a good visualization. It, it actually mm. would make a nice TARDIS console uh, yeah. effect. Sixties. Now this is the same time we've had this. You know, he's jumped ten because we used to always get the fifty-fourth century, didn't we, with Captain right. Jack and all that. And I think the last time that didn't that uh, guy. This might be a theme, Ian. The uh, the guy in the uh, Rosa, uh, didn't he come from the 67th century? I'd have to go back and look now, because, yeah, now now I wonder if there's, I mean, because there seems to be some things being thrown at us, some little, yeah. you know, plot points here, there, and everywhere, and, you know. Yeah, he was but in a it could just be us being doc- yeah, I'm sure yeah, it was. It could be us just being Doctor Who fans. Because we always like to find things in, that aren't really there, you know. Yeah, I'm just looking here because um, uh, Vignette, Vignette Robinson who was in that Rosa. She was in mm. the episode 42, which we've already referenced. <laughs> right. Interesting. Uh, on plops, signings. I'm sure it was 67th century. It doesn't say in the wiki page. Uh, pilot's heart. It's quite mm. a nice thing that. Uh, yeah, poetic. But, and and also, you know, it probably means that you know your your heart explodes out of your chest or something. I mean, it's you you can almost guess what it means. Right. And also at that point when I heard that she said that, I thought, oh well, that's going to be the solution. The doctor's going to pilot. She's got a spare heart. You know. Right. And I do feel so this uh, longer length is giving these episodes time for these little sides. I, I, and you said it's very fast-paced, and I think it is. I don't think this slows right. it down too much. <clears throat> no, there's these nice little character moments that happen. Um, but, you know, it's it, it doesn't slow it down at all. It feels like this this thing starts and just goes, you know. Yeah, without being frenetic. Yeah. That, now, that's quite a, a strong sci-fi thing where, you know, somebody you know somebody who's not necessarily successful say to the captain, you know, look, I can do this. I've got this. Honestly, you trust me. And the, and the, and the captain or the doctor has to weigh up whether they can put their faith or trust in them. Right. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what says I'm telling you not to? Well, I suppose this was inevitable, really. If the doctor can be a female, then men can have babies. I mean, right. 
I mean, I kind of like these things. I mean, I know there's probably you were going to pro- complain, you know, oh, they made a man have a baby. God, you know, they're... but he's not human for a start. No, he's not human, and it's 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 um, it just breaks you. That's one thing I like about sci-fi is it breaks you out of this, you know, our regular thought patterns of like only men, only women can have babies, and you know, trees trees are green. You know, well, if Arnold Schwarzenegger could have a baby, then yeah, that movie. Uh, yeah. We did it in the. Um, we did that with the. Uh, you know the blue man in the last series. You know, uh, right. Where, and then we had the one where um, with, with the with the Romans one, wasn't it? Where um, uh, she says, "Well, I'm gay," and and she finds out that the soldiers are, you know, as sexually. They think she's narrow minded because she only goes with women. <laughs> right. Uh, which episode was that? The one where we're all queuing on the on the moors when we did the commentary. Uh, oh, um, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, come in, it's coming, 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 coming. In other words, he's looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was. Uh, Lie of the Land, was it? Yeah, I think it was Lie of the Land. Huh. Where all the guys joined us in the crew. Uh, oh, no, no, it wasn't that one. You have to listen to all our back... Uh, simple yeah. solution, listeners. Listen to every one of our 600 episodes. You'll get there eventually. Answers on the back of a, kettle, uh, of a, of a postcard. It was one where there was a cave and they were coming through the actual pattern yeah. in the cave. Anyway, meanwhile... Yes. <laughs> meanwhile, I'm back on the ship. Yeah. Oh. She's obviously playing a computer game. That's how people look when they... You know, people do yeah. this virtual reality. That if they could look at themselves, they'd look like that. <laughs> yeah. The Eaters of Light Ah, is the episode you were thinking about. Well done. Give that man another star. Yes. Oh, I was two episodes off. That was, yeah, the Empress of Mars was between. But, yeah, and she was talking to the soldiers and and they called her narrow-minded. They did a really good job with these two is that they don't actually have an awful lot of screen time. No. But they very quickly establish their relationship really in that room when you first meet them. You understand that they're brother and sister and that there's this kind of conflict between the two of them. And you understand what it is. is she's this most decorated general and he's just an engineer. And, and, it's, and it's created this like rift between them. And it's, it's great because we don't get a lot of information but you get informed about their relationship in a nice way that when spoiler alert she dies you get this emotional kind of reaction to it right 
I mean, I think I think this episode does a lot more than people give it credit for. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm coming around to it a little bit. I I, I was mm. a bit dismissive of it, um, um, and it's you know I've I've watched it. Well, I watched. It, I didn't watch it completely through a second time, but I'd got most of it because mm. I'd. I had to watch it with the uh, subtitles, as I say. But um, right. that the, this engineer guy, he should really have had a scene with uh, a scene with Ryan, where where Ryan says, "All I could do is fix engines," and he he says to him, yeah. "Look, laddie, it's the ones that fix the engine that keep the ship going." You know, right? Yeah. But I, and I love the sets on this. This like normally plain white. Yeah. It's a little on the difficult side, but they've lit it well, and yeah. they've got the accent lighting on it, the little blue areas and stuff. And I, I mean, is it a game-changing episode? No, but it's highly entertaining, and it does some nice character stuff. I love that line. Mm. Are you experiencing a comprehension de- deficiency? In other words, I don't understand a word she just said. Yeah, it was a bit data-like, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was good. It was a good line. It was well done, and. I like the fact that that bomb was small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that it was only the fact that I saw that, see at the back, those sort of delineations on the wall. Right. So they ran out of time to sort of put dots and stickers and markers in them all. Because mm. they look like circuit design boards of some sort. Right. Or maybe it's a very cunning design where they're going to pop all those out and they're going to put something else in there later and reuse this set yeah, and relight it in a different way. Who knows? You know, it's Doctor Who. It's like, I mean, I was, again, I was just watching Genesis and they said, oh yeah, the console that they've got in this, in this uh, one room is from Jerry Anderson's uh, UFO, right. you know? Right. It's reuse, reuse, reuse as much as you can. But I do love this set. It's very nice. Yeah. I'm slightly confused when she put it in there because I'm thinking, hang on a minute, the two escape pods have been jettisoned. Right. But I'm assuming this is like a docking thing. It's obviously got to have a second door with the vacuum. But I right. thought, well, they, they, they've got rid of the two uh, things. Oh. Oh. You're doing very well, love. (laughs) I mean... Aren't we? One thing that... I mean, like you said... uh, Oh, yeah. Go on. It's like I've seen every episode of Call the Midwife. Yeah. Every episode? (laughs) But he looks away at the the screamish bits, yeah. But um, Mm. at least there was a reason for this guy to be banging because... um, you know, Ryan's talking about his abandonment issues, which right. is one of the reasons why he's having trouble bonding with Graham, because everybody yeah. has left him. Yeah. But here is... It does so much. But here, <laughs> that's guy. why he's invested on this guy keeping the baby. Yeah. Huh? It's, it's, it's great. It does so much in this. Yeah. What is really what you say on the surface is just a you know, run around corridors episode, yeah. but it does, it does more, you know, and I like it. Yeah. I mean, and you could, and you could watch this one over and over again and, and, you know, 
Well, you can certainly get more on second and third views. Uh, but mm-hmm. the thing is, it is more of a classic, uh, you know, uh, and it's a little bit of a, a bottle episode. Oh, it's see there again. I love this thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah, but there it looks more of a mischievous. Man, yeah, you could argue it's only going about its business. It needs energy. It's not trying to kill yeah. them. It just wants energy. Oh. I like the fact that it discards what it's got. It's seen something shinier. Yeah, I love it. It just flings it aside. <laughs> And it's done well, too, you know. Who, who's doing the party? <laughs> yeah, that's a question. Is it Warren Dave, uh, Warwick Davis doing that part? Uh, he's not that short. <laughs> Sorry, Warwick. I think it was some of the shots they did of it that made me sort of... Because I remember with the other boys, I had that is, that, that... is this an April Fool's joke when I first saw right. them? Oh, that's a good expression, Doctor. <laughs> huh? I love this. I mean, they did establish <laughs> that you can't kill this thing, which was good. No. Hello? And its reactions are great, too. And then just this, like, the bomb goes off, and it's just like, yeah. ah, energy. No, well, I didn't think that. I thought it was having a moment myself. <laughs> David! Didn't you think that? No. It looks a bit ecstatic. No. <laughs> David. Oh, dear. I actually, I thought it was inflating. It seemed to get bigger, but I think it was just the way it... Mm. I think that would have been a little too far if they'd like done the, yeah. the, the typical uh, comic, you know, the, you know, animation thing where the, 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 the stomach goes bigger and then... Contracts yeah. again, you know. Yeah, I think actually the word I was looking for there was it was sated with the app. Uh, you know, it's got all the energy it could possibly need. So it was a bit like a snake that had swallowed a, a deer. You know, it was, yeah. it was completely full. It was, yeah. was going to keep it going for a while. It's a, It was a good oh. thing because it was established early on that they could just blow it up at, at an idiot moment's notice. And, uh, I've, I've and just, so... <laughs> I've just had another Star Trek moment. There's a number of times it references Star Trek. Uh, when um, the one where um, the Scotty comes back, you know, they've saved his life. Relics. Years later. Yeah, rel- uh, yeah. and um, um, Jordi LaFord is telling him about this thing that's trying to feed off the TARDIS's energy. And he said, didn't you sour the milk, laddie? To yeah. make it detach itself. The, en- the Enterprise. The yeah. Enterprise, it was, it was sucking out. Yeah. Oh, yes, oh, well, now, these have been good times, Jody. Don't, you know. Yeah. number of times it references Star Trek, unbelievable. Of course, Star yeah. Trek pinched, uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, si- the, the Cybermen, didn't they, with... Uh, yeah, the Borg. The Borg, so it's even Stevens. Yeah. And he stepped into his sister's finishing a mission. Yeah. And he says he studied for this. In other words, he didn't make it the way she did, you know. It's like, so he was was never as good, you know. Now, that's how many films you've seen where, is there a pilot on board? The pilot's an hour attack. I can fly. Ah, if you remember Flight of the Phoenix, the, 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 the film there, yeah. The bloke decides how they can rebuild the ship, and it turns out that he made model planes. 
well, they find that out there all go berserk. And it's just, yeah. what you don't realise is to fly a model plane to make it aerodynamic is harder than flying a real plane. <laughs> hey. Here we go. Here we are. Get ready. Fist thump. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> Bradley Walsh yeah. kind of takes a back seat in this one, and he does so very well, you know. Now, that looks he doesn't very... really get much much of a character bit in here apart from that. But, you know, I'm like still the... worried about... Sorry, go ahead. I would say I like the space station. I thought the model was quite good on that. First, yeah. I thought it was designed on a, a um, you know, mine detector, but it looked, uh, it looked, it looked the part. Sorry, Ian. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my elaborate start that we're going to use before this. Avocado. <laughs> we're thinking if we had our guests on, they were going to introduce us to uh, updated metal detectors. One running pear software and one running avocado software. Is that why they're doing that? See, I didn't understand the reference. I, I well, it was. It, I think the reference is more to the fact that Wiki gets things wrong, and it was sort of he was talking about some old archive of information they got right. Because he references the name of the uh, what is, but I mean it's basically telling it's basically false news, false information. Yeah. But again, we did that in Star Trek, where Picardo went to the far future, and he was in a museum, uh, and yeah. they thought and they thought uh, the Enterprise was a, a warship, you know, bristling with right. weapons. This guy's. Very understated, the robot-y one. Um, mm. is, is he a robot? I don't know. He says he's an analogue, doesn't he? Yeah. And, and, which I assume is synthetic he human. Says, he says something like clone something. Yeah. Yeah. And a little bit like Tears in the Rain, he has to die. It's got great vocal yeah. restraint. Yeah. It's got a nice resonating voice, but it's very clipped and precise. And yeah. Now, this works very well because, listen yeah. carefully, it turns into the doctor's prayer here. Yeah. Listen carefully. On this voyage and the next and all the journeys still to come. Yeah. That's the, doc the doctor. Now, why are we having lens flares in space? Eh? <laughs> what was that about? Eh? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, on the BBC when it was live, they didn't talk over the end credits. I was quite pleased yeah. about that. Yay. Somebody must have somebody, you know, uh, annoyed of uh, annoyed of uh, some place in England. Why do you keep talking over the credits? And they didn't. Yeah. 
Is that why you're signing your letters off now, Dave? Annoyed of, annoyed of Manchester. Annoyed of Hyde. Annoyed of Hyde. Annoyed of Hyde. Dave, your time for a wrap up. Okay, well, I'm in a much better mood than I was before the start of this because um, I'm not saying I dismissed this episode. Uh, it was a serviceable episode. It was based in the future and I was like that. It's based in space. I was like that. Again, I'm a bit of a simple man that if if I start watching an episode and they do something that I feel is discordant or not explained or uh, not well thought out, I then spend the next five minutes chuddering over it and I miss a few gems. And I was thinking, what the heck are they looking for on that planet? First of all, I thought they'd gone on an adventure but it was a junk planet and some spaceship had come along and dropped a load of junk and they're actually searching for the TARDIS below the junk. It got buried. And then I thought, well, how can they be looking for the TARDIS if they've got the mine thing, mine detectors? Because they wouldn't have the mine detectors, but they wouldn't have taken them away with them. Um, so, but it was, it was just left unaddressed. Uh, and again, I wasn't sure whether that bomb had gone off and they'd been damaged or whether just as she counted to three, they were sort of airlifted off that uh, planet. Um, but there's a lot to recommend it. Um, the, the, the budget has gone a pretty long way. I do feel as though they ran out of money on the set, but I do commend them for producing really a rather brilliant set if you're if you're a fan of blake seven uh there's a great episode in blake seven where they all get split up at the end of what i think was going to be the final season and then they they had another season and um uh, they they found uh cali on a hospital ship and so on and literally there was about four rooms on this hospital ship and three beds um and when we had the doctor in the ark ark in space uh and they reused that for two stories very limited set, really, um, uh, even though it was an indomitable episode. But um, here, I mean, that corridor zigzagged three or four times and it sure, it didn't just disappear around a corner. Um, a limited cast, so it was a little bit of a base under siege story. Um, I had a little bit of an issue with the audio this time. Uh, I don't know whether it was the actors' voices or slightly echoey set, or as you said, Ian, the, the doctor does tend to 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 go through quite a lot of spiel very quickly. But all in all, I think it worked because it was 50 minutes long. Because <clears throat> it didn't feel rushed, but yet it was a, a very pacey episode. Again, not really uh, a challenging uh, adversary for the doctor. Um, a little bit ambiguous whether this was... Um, you know, a pesky leprechaun in space type character that was just going about its own destructive business that then caused them as a side issue, uh, uh, you know, a life-threatening situation or not. Uh, we had a little bit more exposition. Um, we've, I do notice now that um, 
it seems to be Graham's thing. And I still don't like this about Doctor Who, where they're, they're pulled, uh, the doctors have gathered you together, and Graham says, let me get this straight. We're in a space station, we're in the far future, uh, there's an alien on board, and, uh, you know, uh, our, our, our solutions are limited. I don't know why they're doing that other than to pander to people who, hang on, I just saw that five minutes ago. You don't have to tell me because there's an advert break. Um, uh, what else? Um, I have heard some criticism that again, uh, Yas, Yasmin doesn't get much to say on this, but I think that is explained without going into any details. But the next episode, I think she's going to be, uh, not before time, I will say, having a very leading part in that. Five episodes in, I can't believe that five episodes have gone. can't believe, by the way, that my bottle of Naked Wines... Uh, 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 I can't pronounce the name, but it's uh, Monte Placino da Bruz, which I can't pronounce, Ian, but it's uh, a, a Christian Pazat uh, Naked Wines wine, and it's absolutely delicious. So delicious that there's none left. Um, ah, that explains uh, a lot. That explains a lot, yeah. So uh, I'm going to keep it very brief. Uh, it's actually done better to me on its second viewing. I think it'll stand a couple of more viewings. It's uh, maybe a little bit like the episode 42, a little bit like Oxygen. Um, but it, it, it does hark back, I think, to earlier series. Not over-complex, um, we get a little bit more character development, a little bit worried about the amount of uh, usage the sonic screwdriver is getting, but um, all in all, um, not too bad at all. Not not too shabby, BBC. Already, and uh, yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot in this episode about the episode because we had a limited cast this week. Um, but no, I really actually kind of enjoyed it. It was a nice adventure to me that that kind of harkened back to um, to old Doctor Who running around corridors, which were probably just one length of corridor. And they flipped around and filmed from different angles, which is great. I, I did love the set. Um, it's that kind of you know uh, what is it. Uh, um, Arthur Dent's idea of a spaceship, all glistening <laughs> and flashing lights, and uh, and yeah, it was a nice white spaceship. Uh, looked like kind of a hospital ship, and uh, yeah, nice, nice little adventure. I mean, yeah, as I was saying the day before, it's like uh, sometimes we expect too much from our TV, um, especially sometimes our Doctor Who. It is great when Doctor Who serves us up just this gem of an episode to things like blink and um, midnight. um midnight and uh, uh vincent and the doctor and things oh, like that yeah. those are great those are gems and they're they're to be cherished but let's not forget doctor who's here to entertain and and to me this was very entertaining it's a it's got a beginning middle and end it has some nice character points which it didn't really deserve to have because of the pacing of it, it's it's really quite a, you know, it starts, you know, with them waking up and and it just kind of doesn't stop. It keeps going and going, but there still seems to be these moments to breathe in there where there's, you know, time for a little character exposition. As I said, the 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 uh, brother and sister get this you know lovely character moment, 
Um, you know, we get a little more information about Ryan. Uh, I've got to agree with you, Dave. We're still not really getting a lot of yes, but maybe next next week's episode will uh, will serve us up uh, a lot more on her. Um, but I, I think because she doesn't have necessarily a relationship with anyone else, we've got Ryan and 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 his granddad. Well, sorry, not granddad. Um, they have already a, a pre-established a you know recent relationship. You know, Yaz and Ryan. They know each other, but you know, so there's nowhere for really for her to bounce off of. But uh, yeah, I, it it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I like the little creature. You know, it's nice to have a monster that's not big and menacing, and you know, whomping through the corridors. And um, it's just this tiny little creature who's, you know, it wasn't there to destroy all life on Earth. It wasn't there to take over the ship. It was just looking for energy to eat, and that, that's all its purpose was. And so it really had no ill will. So yeah, it was a neat little episode. I I really enjoyed it. So. That's it. It's really kind of a brief one for me this week. Um, I'll just add though that I do feel as though somewhere in the series we've got we've got to have them come again up against something a little bit more menacing, maybe a little bit more right. the cent the centre part of the story rather than right. you know. Yeah, but I, I do kind of like this kind of easing us in approach, you know, where it's not doom and gloom and destruction, and you know. Um, somebody trying to take over the earth or the universe or whatever. We're getting these nice little adventure moments and, you know, a build maybe who knows, who knows what we'll get by the end. But, you yeah. know, I'm I do that. feel that there are some things that we're missing in here that might come up later on. Um, you know, people have, uh, said, well, we don't know where that one guy from Rosa was sent. Um, We've had the same alien mentioned twice, and you know, mentioned in yeah. two episodes. We've had the what the timeless child and things like that. So there may be more going on than we think. And so, you know, I'm trying actually not to think about it because there's been a lot of surprises so far for me. You know, I didn't really know anything about this episode going in. I didn't look up the. Um, you know, the description of this episode. I haven't looked up the descriptions of any of the episodes. I've really only ever watched the, the, the teaser trailer at the end, and that's it. So I'm kind of going along for the ride and just keep my head down and waiting till next Sunday. Yeah, uh, I think also uh, there's a little bit of extra weight of expectation that's unfortunately fallen on this series because we've, we've now found out that um, there's not going to be a Christmas special uh, there is going to right. be one over the Christmas holidays. Are uh, right. are we allowed to say Christmas holidays now? What do we call it? Um, uh, there's a there's a word that's non-religious that people use in it. Um, the holiday season. Yeah, yeah. Um, holiday season, um, <laughs> and it's going to be on possibly either New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. Right. But unfortunately, because they're not going to start filming the next series until April, and if you remember when we saw the this the first episode of this, um, they'd already filmed the whole series, all ten episodes are done before right. the first episode aired. Uh, not like uh, in the classic era where they were sort of filming them days before. Um, right. So um, the weight of expectation is the fact that we've got ten episodes. Um, in a way, I'm, I, I always harped on about. I don't know why they had to have a Christmas episode. 
for the budget they spent on it, they could have done two more standard episodes. But I am pleased having one in the new year. But we've now got to wait, possibly after that, until October... Well, September, October 2020, maybe. We, we could have a, a an unbelievably long break. And it does very seem strange to me that, that Doctor Who has been promoted, then pulled back. Promoted, pulled back. Um, every time there's a big promotion, like we had, um, you know, the World Tour, where they went to South America and all that, and they, um, they were really pushing it. Um, with Jenna Coleman and uh, Peter Capaldi uh, drumming up business uh, and then you know nada you know what right. what was in the can was within the can uh, and we had the long way so um, I'm just hoping and I think I mentioned this last week I just hope that the series isn't plateauing got great expectations and now again whatever Mike will add at the end or not one of the things he is Concerned about a little bit is the um, you know um, the, the 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 fact that whether the TARDIS is too full, um, but I would say that um, you know certain people get more more airtime. I'm, I'm assuming that again without being spoilers next week um, that uh, the Yaz character is going to get much more of a an episode in the forefront, and uh, I think. There may well be, uh, not a series overall arc, but there's definitely, as you said, there's some undercurrents there that are being touched upon that may pay uh, bonus dividends uh, down the line. All right. Well, I think that's it done for us. Um, Dave talked for a lot longer than he was planning on. <laughs> but that's the wine, folks. I tell you, it's the wine every time. That's what does me in. All right. So, um, yeah, until next Sunday. Well, whenever you listen to this, basically. Next week, sometime. Um, or the week after. Yeah, that's it. Uh, it's goodbye uh, from Dave AC. <laughs> We've got to get this right. Perry will be on us like a flash. Yeah. It's goodbye from Empty Seat. <laughs> <laughs> and it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Goodbye, everybody. My detector's going off. It's pointing. Dave, Dave, it's pointing right at you. Oh, hang on. It says bad penny. Well, mine always whines when I've run out of wine. I was saving that bad penny joke up the whole episode, you know that? Okay. I'm going to take away your gold stars again now. Harry Potter must not come to Hogwarts.